and you're listening to the Abide Podcast. To find out more about Abide, go to AbideChurchFL.com and enjoy today's message. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. Amen. Um, let's turn to John 15. If you have your Bibles, I, w- I want to encourage you to go there because I'm literally going to walk us this morning, um, John 15, verse 1 through, through 16. And for those of you that don't know, the name of our church is Abide. And um, one of my favorite portion, I mean, I would, I would say my favorite portion of Scripture in the Bible is John 15. I have found in my life, and for those of you that have been here for a long time, you know that this is a continual message for our house. It's a continual thing, like as God does the amazing things like baptism, as he grows us, as ministries launch, as we move forward, I believe that it is pivotal for us to remain centered around the things that really matter. Somebody say amen. Amen. We don't want to get caught up. We don't want to get blindsided. We don't want to fix our eyes on things that are, listen, it's easy for us to fix our eyes on things that are good, but it's not necessarily God. You understand? That's the greatest trap. When the enemy frees you from the power of sin, his next agenda is to get your eyes fixed on things that just don't really matter. He'll keep you moving. He'll keep you grinding. But, but, but what the message of John 15 does is it recenters us. It recenters us to one what really matters. And so like, look at the world right now. There's lots of different messages going out. Lots of different things, even from the Christian community. We got to prepare ourselves for battle. And we've got to be spiritually fit. And we've got we've to set our feet and, you know, all these different things. And it's like, I'm just thinking about when all this started. And I was reading through Genesis the other day, and I, re- I realized something. That God never gave Adam and Eve a book on spiritual warfare. There was never, like, God never sat down with Adam and Eve and said, Listen, this is how you're going to have to deal with the spiritual warfare thing because you will be attacked. Because the reality is when God planted these two people in a garden, they were given dominion over the garden. You understand? Pastor Tyler was talking about it. They were given dominion to occupy and to be fruitful and expand their territory. And so the devil was on earth, but he had no authority. The only way the devil can be given authority then and now is through the power of agreement. So like it worries me a little bit when I'm like, hey, 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 God has something amazing for 2021. And it's like, oh, no, his year sucked. Why, why does that trouble me? Because there's power in agreement. What we think, what we begin to replay in our minds, the, the way we begin to perceive, that's why, that's why Romans 12 is critical where the Lord is telling us to renew our minds, to not be conformed to this pattern that the world is setting for us but to allow God to renew our minds to go in a different direction. And so I'm thinking about the way we continue to move on as a church. That was the big thing when COVID started, like, oh, church will never go back to normal. Everything's going to be different. It's revival. And then the door started opening and we went right back to all the same things. And And the show started going on. And one of the things that I'm asking the Lord for is, Lord, how have we changed? Like, I believe COVID... If, if looked at through the right perspective, a lot of bad things happen. But a lot of bad things happen all the time. Nothing's changed. Go to the other side of the world. This happens every day all over the world. And so if, 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 we, if we learn to look at this situation we've been through, it was the season of pruning. Like at the very beginning of, of COVID, my spiritual father said, this is what I hear the Lord saying. That everything that can be shaken will be shaken. But that that is real will remain. 
And as we move forward, you begin to see God remove all the props. Some of the most godly people all of a sudden because they couldn't come to church to a building because this isn't the church, this is a building. When they couldn't come to a building, everything was shaken because they're props. When you can't worship the Covington and Destiny in a room and all the team, you get shaken. I just don't know. And one of the things that God has shown us is, hey, what does, what does spirituality, what does life look like beyond this? I mean, I was praying 5.30 in the morning here two, two Tuesdays ago with, a, with an intercessor. And I was in my office and he walks into my room and he was crying. Probably because it was 5.30 in the morning. It was 8 by this time. And he says, I just, I, he was sitting right there. He said, the Lord showed me that, that like this whole church, he, he, he said, the Lord's done with the church game. He called it that. And then Marcus spoke about the game of church and it was, it was incredible. But he said, it's like the, the, the people only see a man and there's a curtain. And for so long, this has been the agenda of the church that there would be one man standing in front of a curtain telling you how to live your Christian life. And we become codependent on that man. And we elevate that man. And there becomes separation between us and that man. When in reality, we're all called to pursue Jesus. We're all given the same Holy Spirit. We're all given different anointings. And that's what makes us beautiful. That my anointing is not Pastor Tyler's anointing, nor is it Pastor Marcus's anointing, nor any of my elders' anointings. But that God has given us individually something different that we are to protect. That we are to steward. So like, listen, when you said yes to Jesus, there was a whole lot that is given to you. Like, this isn't this, this isn't this deal where we're just like begging God. When we say yes to him, he gives us the keys to the kingdom. That's what your Bible says. That he gives you the keys to the kingdom. But there is a difference between what is, how do I say this? There's a difference between what's yours in your bank account and what's in your possession right now. There are things that, that in theory, like, in the people of Israel, they were given a promise that the, that the, the promised land would be theirs, but they, there was a process to inherit the land. Yeah, there was a journey there because, listen, God will only give you what you can steward. You don't believe that. You think that one day it's just going to fall out of heaven, and then all of a sudden you're going to become a better steward. It's not the way God works. The way God works, he gives unto us to our ability. To, uh, it's like this. How I steward what I have now will dictate what God's going to give me tomorrow. This isn't every, I'm not even talking about money. I'm just talking about the way we love our, the way we love our kids, all of it. Every, the way we, we, we respond and the tr- treasure, the things that God has given us will, will open up doors for God to bless us in a greater way. And so he's opening, and this is important. I'm going to spend the next two weeks just preparing us for what I believe God is doing 2021. 2021, December 10th, we're going to start a fast for 21 days. And I want to encourage everyone to really fast. Like, I'm not like I'm fasting cuss words for 21 days. If you got to do it, do it. <laughs> it might be a good thing, but. but. But like to really fast and to come into alignment. So we're going to fast for 21 days. The last week of that fast, we're going to be doing burns here at the church. We're going to be praying from six to nine for the whole week, and that's gonna go into a conference weekend that we're doing with Corey Russell and Michael Dow. It's just gonna be an incredible time in the Lord. But I feel this thing in my heart right now that we are to prepare ourselves now for what he's gonna do then. So like, watch this. If you don't do anything now, like if you don't begin to prepare the ground now, 
and you wait till like the weekend of the conference to say, oh, God's going to do something. You're going to walk into those doors and the soil of your heart will be hard. You understand it? That's, that's all this is. People walk into the room every single week and they respond in different ways, right? Like some people feel God in an amazing way. Some people don't feel anything at all. What is it? It's all according to the soil. Like what's going on on the inside of you? The ability for God to come into that place. It's not that God's not here or that God has favorites. It's our ability to perceive. That's why I, I even stop praying prayers like, Lord, come, because he's here. Amen. The prayer, Lord, come, is a prayer of unbelief. It's, it's, it's rooted in an orphan spirit. How can I ask God to come when he already promised me I will never leave you or forsake you? These are things that are rooted in places of unfamiliarity to the presence of God. So in John 15, Jesus begins to speak. And this is one of the last messages he gives to his disciples. Like he's speaking to them and he's giving. How many of you know like before you leave the house, the last thing you say is usually the most important thing they want you to remember. Right? Like, and Jesus is speaking to his disciples and he says this at the beginning. Let's go there. John 15. I am the true grapevine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that does not produce fruit. And he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more. Then he says this, you have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Let's stop. So Jesus sets this picture for us. That he is the grapevine. And that we are the branches. Meaning we are our life flow. Who we are, our coexistence, our ability to have life on the inside of us in a spiritual sense is dictated by our ability to stay connected to him. Abiding is not about a geolocation. I believe that abiding has much more to do with what you do Monday through Saturday than it does Sunday mornings. And he's painting this picture of, listen, I have given you a message. This is encouraging. It, like Sometimes people read this like, oh, I don't want to hear about purification and pruning. He has given us a message that what it does is it makes us into the likeness of Christ. Yeah. It begins to transform the way we think which transforms the way we walk. It transforms the way we talk. That's why there are things people are like, well, I just can't go there anymore. And they're like, that's legalism. It's not legalism. It's allowing God to transform us. I don't talk a certain way not because I care what you think. I don't talk a certain way because I believe it dishonors God. There are certain things. And then, listen, that, should, that doesn't have to be your conviction. It's my conviction. We're not trying to build a church. I'm trying to tell you how to live your life. What we're trying to do is to build a church where people are asking God, God, is the way I'm living my life honoring you? The way that I'm called to live my life is probably different than the way you're called to live your life. So it's not about putting convictions or condemnation or restrictions. That's called law. What we're asking God for is, God, make us aware of your presence and make that presence everything. I want to protect, so if, if, I, if I do something in my life that I feel violates the presence of God, then that has to go. I'm not going to make excuses for it. I'm not going to try to justify it because his presence has become priority. Are you with me? So he gives us a message and it purifies us. And then even those who believe the message, he, he prunes them so that they can grow even more. So like some of us, we've been through 2020 and it's like, it was so hard and it was difficult. Yes, because pruning sometimes hurts. When God begins, man, we, had, we, had, we hired a new landscaping guy. And um, there was, there's bushes on the front of the church right here. And he said, listen, I can deal with the bushes one of two ways. I can cut them to one level and they'll look pretty. 
He's like, but really, for the tree to look the way it needs to look, it needs to go to level two. It's not going to look pretty now, but in time, it'll grow the way that it's supposed to grow. I'm like level two, bro, and I'm preaching Sunday. (laughs) Everything's an illustration. But the reality is like right now, the bush doesn't look like God's original intent for the bush. Why? Because the bush was not properly taken care of. So in order to get it back to its original place, it had to be cut low. Thank you, Mike. I'm going to send them 20 bucks after service. And that's what God has done to us. Some of us, we go through seasons of pruning and we become discouraged with the Lord. Oh, no, no, the Lord has left me. What have I, and then we get in, what have I done? What sin is in my life? Nothing. It's just to get to where God is taking you 2021, you just can't take some of that stuff. Like, well, there's no sin in my life. Who said anything about sin? Oh, we're not still talking about that, are we? Like, we've died to that, right? Like Romans 6 says, we've died. Pastor Tyler did an incredible job talking about us being dead to sin like a month ago. So it's no longer about whether I'm a sinner or I'm not a sinner. He's already, he has already claimed you as son and justified. So how do we remain in purity? We remain yielded to Holy Spirit. No pastor can keep you pure. No message from this pulpit can keep you pure. The only thing that can change you the, into who you want to be is yielding to his presence. It's yielding to the purified message. So then he says this, you have already been purified and pruned by the message I have given you. And then he gives the first key. The first key is this. He says, remain in me. Let's say it. Remain Remain in in me. me. This is a key. So like if you want to produce, if if you want to live a life that is centered around the centrality of Jesus being everything, the first commandment he gives is you must remain in me. Now, that sounds pretty, but we got to kind of get into what that looks like, right? What does it look like for God to remain? Because we've already talked. There's no separation between us and God. I hear people sometimes from pulpits, and and I just don't get it because, like, well, when you have sin in your life, listen, some of the strongest moments in my life where I have felt God, I was the most broken. There were times that like when I was 15 and 16 that nobody was ever there. There was no sermon. There was no pretty pad music, but I felt God. So where do you get your theology? Remaining in God is not about location. Remaining in God is about awareness. I've met many people who have spent 50 years with the Lord, man. 50 years with the Lord. They read their Bible every day for an hour a day. They read their devotional. They did everything that they were supposed to do, yet they have trouble sensing the nearness of the Lord. Because for a long, long time, God has been painted as this distant God that is mad at you. And the only thing that is stopping him from zapping you is Jesus. If not for Jesus, zap, dead. I mean, you know, that there would be an issue. There would be an issue connecting with a God like that. And it's what Desi said, that we have trouble seeing him as the father on a hill. We have no problem identifying as the prodigal who screwed everything up. We get that part, right? But we have issues seeing God. And what that does to us, that perception, the way we perceive God and we perceive ourselves, will affect the way, we, the way that we pursue him. It will affect the way that we come at him. 
So like there are times, I have a six-year-old, for those of you that don't know, and there are times where my six-year-old will frustrate me. And I'll respond in a way that, that like, it's not even bad. I'll just like, I'll talk a little sharp. And he'll say this to me, you're my daddy and you're supposed to love me. Why are you talking to me like that? <laughs> it's like, I'm playing checkers, he's playing chess. <laughs> and there are times like, I, 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 sometimes I hear people talk. <laughs> Your son's name's EJ, yeah? MJ. MJ. We were here for prayer two weeks ago, and MJ comes in, and he had just turned 11? 10. Man, so close every time. <laughs> he had just turned 10, and he's like, hey, man, I ain't that same kid. And, and Marcus is like, so, like, what changed from, like, Tuesday to today? And he literally, in that back, he said, hey, man, I ain't that same old raggedy nine-year-old. <laughs> he said that. I ain't that same raggedy nine-year-old I was on Tuesday, bro. And I'm like, he did not just say that. <laughs> raggedy old nine-year-old. But like, I, sometimes I think to myself, what would it be like for, for like the church to believe that they are who they really are? Like there was just such an assurance in his voice. Yeah, like he ain't the same person as Tuesday, bro. That's different. But sometimes we get into church and we have no issue believing that we're pieces of garbage. And so even if we did believe God was good, we would not want to present God with our garbage. And so how many of you, you, you can understand how this makes it difficult to remain in Him. Are you getting this? But it's the first commandment. Remain in me, and His promise is, I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. So unless you learn to continually remain aware of God around you, you're like, like even when I'm working and that person pisses me off, especially when you're working and that person pisses you off, that you would learn to remain aware. That's how we remain in Him. Yeah. That's how we remain centered. Like God, no matter what I go through, I know you are with me because I've committed myself to planting myself in your presence. And the, and the promise there is He will produce fruit. So the first thing is remain in me. Then He says this, verse 5. Yes, I am the vine and you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I am them will produce much fruit. For apart, you should underline this. For apart from me, you can do nothing. I was asked a question this week at a pastor's meeting. They said, hey, like, how has COVID in 2020 affected you with the pressure to produce fruit? And like four people answered. And by the time they got to me, I'm like, that's a trap question. Anytime that I begin to put pressure on myself to produce fruit, I have fallen into religion. Some of the reason we're in this cycle of Christianity and some of us are stuck is because you've come, somehow you've come to the conclusion that this has something to do with you. Like if I could just be better and if I could just try harder, maybe if I wake up at five and we begin to say things and believe things like some people are more anointed than others and that they're just more gifted or that God, God doesn't have favorites. God favors those that prioritize him. That's how we attract his favor. So he says, apart from me, you can do nothing. Are you with me? Are you okay? Yeah. I'm giving you gold. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in a mood. I'm sorry. Anyone who does not remain in me, verse 6, 
is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. So listen, those that don't remain in him, it's clear, they, they become useless. It has nothing to do with love or not loving. It's just your usefulness is tied to your ability to remain in him. Anyone who does not, yes, such branches are gathered into a pile and burned. Watch this, verse 7. But if you remain in me, here's key number two, and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want. That is a promise. If you remain in me, and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want, and it will be granted. And listen, verse 8. And when you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. How do I become a true disciple? You remain in him. His words remain in you. The byproduct of that is fruit, which you had nothing to do with except making a decision. And he's like, oh, you're my true disciple now. You, do you feel that weight being lifted off of you yet? Yeah. It's like a weight being taken off. Where we were trying to strive to be, no, 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 no. I just got to make room for him in my life. And then I, was, I have to have to hide his word in my heart. That's why David says, your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. It's allowing the word of the Lord. It's like making room. If, if my heart was a home, it means I have to take everything out, empty it out, and make space for his words. I have to continually meditate on his words. I have to continually make room because what is this? You know, to me, I saw this this week. I was thinking, why would the Lord attach the promise of giving you anything you granted to this? You thought about that? That's crazy. So like what? I prioritize you and I, and, I, and I remain in your word and you'll give me anything I want? It's because as you're in his presence and as his word comes into your heart, you come into alignment with what he really wants. It's like the moment that I, I make room for his presence and the moment that I begin to fill my heart with his words, my heart becomes aligned with his heart and he's like, now I can trust you with whatever. And then he says this. This brings great glory to my Father. Remain in me, my words remain in you, and God gets glory, meaning, I want to say this, very important. Any situation in our lives that begins to bring glory to us is the direct opposite of abiding. Much of what we built and much about the church today is about us. We don't, we don't ask we don't ask God, how do we attract people? And how do we make people? How do we connect with people? And it's a lot about people and very little about God. So like we began to ask in 2021, in 2020, we've been asking for years, what would it look like to build a church that God likes to come to? See, like you get half the crowd with amens because you're like, well, what about me? That's the problem we have. We don't yet understand that when he comes, we receive fullness of joy. Fullness of joy. Like every part of my life is full with joy. And so we got we to be careful. Anytime we bring glory to us, we're not abiding. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to make my way through this. And he says this. I have already loved you even as the Father has loved me. The third thing is this. Remain in my love. Say it. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in love. Just as I obeyed the Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you these things so you will be filled with what? Joy. So the byproduct of all of this is joy. If you're unhappy, it's not that hard. Make time for God in your life. Hide his word in your heart and remain in love. 
joy will come. He, because he is joy and he is attracted to this. There is no greater love than this than to lay down one's life for his friends. And he says, you are my friend. If you do what I command. Then he says, I no longer call you slave because the master doesn't confine in his slave. Now you are my friends since I have told you everything the father told me. Verse 16 is one of the most powerful, like if you can just get this today, that you did not choose God. Some of you think you just randomly came into a church, you're like, yeah, I made a decision. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. That's the problem, right? That we see ourselves as the hero of every story. You chose God, and you're David, and you're Moses. In some circles, people think they're Jesus. And all of this is broken down when you get to, to, to verse 16. And he says, you didn't choose me. I chose you. Now that should shatter every single perception you have of yourself as unworthy. He has ascribed value to you by choosing you. You didn't choose me, I chose you. And then he says, it's not only do I choose you, but I have appointed you to go and to produce lasting fruit. So that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. Then he ends this, this is my command, love one another. So you see this progression. I just, want to, I just want you to catch this because this is important for what God is bringing us into. Number one, you have to remain in him. You have to make room for God in your life. It's, it's the, the, the Passion Translation calls it life union. It's to remain in union with him throughout your whole life. I want to read one more thing out of this one because it, it just puts it so good in here. Remain in, remain in life union with me. Then he says, let my words live, live powerfully within you. So like when the word of God goes in you, life begins to be produced on the inside of your heart. And then the third thing is this, you, mu you must continually let my love nourish your heart. You understand? Like some of you are like, remain in my love. You're like, I just don't know how to love the Lord. It's not about you loving the Lord. It's about allowing the love of the Lord to come into you. You will never love him if you don't understand he loves you. You can't. It's impossible. You can never truly love someone that... that <laughs> in order for you to love him the way you, you need to love him, you need to understand the way he loves you. You need to allow him to ascribe, like to, to clothe yourself in that. And what begins to happen as we begin to abide, I just, I sense the Lord wanting to take us higher. And we live in this inferior reality. You understand the church game is an inferior reality. If, 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 if church stopped today, if this was the last service we ever had, and your spiritual life went down the drain, we have failed in building God's original intent for the church. We got to talk about this for a second. We've got to realize that your, your spiritual life has nothing to do with Geo. You've got to realize that Geo is not any more anointed than you. That Geo, just like you, has difficulties. Every one of our staff, we're navigating through things, and the only reason we are able to be sustained is because we're trying our best to live John 15. 
And what begins to happen as, as, as God is taking us, it's like, should I climb it? I'm going to climb it, baby. I have to use it because they're like, you just brought a ladder on the stage. You didn't even use it. If I fall, you guys are believers. You just got to pray for me, right? Figure out who has the faith and who doesn't. I want us to understand this picture and to come into agreement. Remember when we talked about agreement in the beginning? If you don't believe that God can use you, he never will. It's not because God doesn't want to use you. It's because you won't allow yourself to be used. And if you have free will, then you have free will in every area of your life. So God will never force you. I don't believe that. I believe he's looking for those that are yielded and surrendered. So like when God called the people of Israel up the mountain, there was a choice. There was a choice for everyone to experience God in a new way. And so you understand that as we climb, as we go higher, everything begins to change. The difficult thing about climbing and going up with the Lord is there's a sense of vulnerability. Some of you are worried about me right now. There's a sense of like, that's not safe. And the issue with safety is that we can never get to where God is going by playing it safe. I had a vision this week as I was praying about going to a tree and shaking it. And I understood the tree to be religion. And I understood that as we progress with the Lord and as we go higher, there are things, it's like from here, every one of you looks different. Some of you look better from down there. No. (laughs) Stop, stop. But as we go higher, people get uncomfortable. And the issue, and I want you to see this because this is a picture of the church. The issue that we've created, the scenario we've created as a church is we've told one person, you climb the mountain. So there's Gio. Yeah, no, 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 Gio, you go up. I'm going to go all the way up, man. I'm going to go all the way up. I ain't scared. I just took the boot off on Sunday, man. It's good that I'm up here because I want you to see that this is an issue. I want you to understand that if, if, if you're sitting in that chair, you're like, I can never do that. That's an issue. Because the only way that we could ever get where God is taking us, the only, the only place that the path of John 15 leads us is this. Because as we begin to make space for him in our life, he's like, Gio, I'm calling you higher. They're like, well, Lord, like, I, I thought I was doing good. He's like, you're doing great. I just have more for you. You see, like, when God pruned you, it's never because you're doing a good job. It's just he has more for you. It's because he loves you. And so then as you begin to hide his word in your heart, he's like, I'm going to take you another level. Like when Paul talks about being seated in heavenly places with Christ, I believe it looks like this. It's him taking you a step higher and a step higher. But the issue is, if I'm the only one, my grandfather's looking at me like, you are crazy. It's my grandfather. As as you begin to go higher, and there begins, to, particularly when it comes to pastors, it becomes an issue. Because, like, here's my greatest, here's my, here will be my greatest regret, and I'm going to sit. Yeah. <laughs> this will help you remember. This will help you remember, right? And this is where I'll end this. You don't remarry if I'm gone. 
You remain, you remain, you're a nun. Can I just share one more thing with you? The, the scariest thing for me coming January is that God has called us to fast, to pray, and to go up, and that we find ourselves just being a few of us up here. That it's like understanding God, God has amazing things for us, he wants to bring us up, and only a few of us prepare ourselves to receive. Because the reality is, if this room full of people right now would understand this, like if you would see yourself saying, man, I'm not going to be in 2021 the same place that I, am in, I was in 2020. It's going to require some changes. It's going to require some reprioriz- to, to reprioritize our lives. And to allow God to, to ask him, like, God, what is it? In my is it off? Oh, that's the Lord. See, we got to yield to his following. No, but, but, but to, to, yield, to yield in every area of our life. And this is going to require us. Here's the last thing I'll say. It will require something for, from us. Everybody in the book of Exodus received promise. Only some stepped in. Only a few stepped in. It wasn't because God didn't mean what he said when he said it. You understand that, right? Yeah. It wasn't because God's like, well, I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna like dangle a carrot in front of them. It was because they were unwilling to step into what God had for them. So here's what I wanna do. I want us to stand. Thank you, Lord, for keeping me. You okay? I'm not gonna do any music, no moon music for this one. What I wanna do is I, wa- I wanna pray. There are moments where, like Sunday, we had a very amazing emotional moment um, during baptism, and then there are moments where it just needs to be still, and we just have to make a decision. There's no impartation for abiding. There's nobody can lay hands on you and cause you to abide more. There's no impartation for that. Uh, Like John 15 is all about a decision. It's all about saying, you know what? I've counted the cost, and I I found it to be worthy. So let's close our eyes. I just want us to pray. Jesus, we thank you that you can do more in a moment than we can do in a lifetime. So Holy Spirit, we're asking you in humility to lead us into all truth. Father, we're asking you to show us the parts of our lives, even the good parts, Lord, that at one time produced fruit that you would show us those things that need to go. Those ways of thinking, those ways of perception, those ways of doing ministry, those ways of approaching you, God, that you would show us what it looks like in this next season, what it looks like to remain in you. God, I thank you that you have something special for every person in this room. Every person in this room has, has a calling and a mandate. There is, there is something given to them. And Lord, I ask you for the grace for them to step into that. Oh, Lord, I ask that you would give us, help us to make a firm decision today that we are going to position ourselves 
for what God has, for what you have for us in 2021. We will not step into 21. We sang a song for 20 minutes today, and all it says is we're getting ready. So God, let that be more than just a song or words that we say out of our mouth. Let it be true. Jesus, I'm asking you to become everything to us. Become everything to us. That you, that we would see you as that great pearl, that great treasure. And Father, that we would properly ascribe value to that treasure. Not just in, in, in words, but in deeds. And Lord, I ask you that you would help us to climb. You painted that picture. Who may ascend the hill of the Lord? Lord, you have a hill for us to climb. And your word says we go from glory to glory. So God, take us up. We're asking you to fill up the prayer rooms. That our prayer rooms would be more full than our Sunday morning gatherings. That people would burn for prayer and sitting before you. God, that our time alone with you would be more than just a ritual, 15 minutes of reading and 30 minutes of praying, but that it would become life union, relationship. Lord, your word says, taste and see that the Lord is good. That's experience, that, that means we can experience you in, in, in a way. So help us to experience you. Hmm. Father, I bless every person here. I ask that you would anoint them. Even right now, Father, anoint them with oil. Oil of gladness, oil of joy. Lord, we have no time to fix our eyes on anything the enemy is doing. We just break that off of people right now. We don't have time to fix our eyes on the enemy because we're beholding the Lord. And Lord, we want to live only in response to what you're doing. We want to say only what you're saying. So Lord, help us. Help us. Help us to become the church that you've called us to be. Keep us in unity. And Lord, we thank you now. We thank you now for what you're going to do in the future. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. 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 Yeah, thank you. I'll just ask you, if you could take, man, if you could just take 10 minutes. I know it'll never be 10 because you give Jesus 10, he takes 30. But if you can just give him some time, just ask him, Lord, what, what in my life is stopping me from remaining fully attached to you? It'll change your life. Amen. I love you guys. Next week is the last service of 2020. It's going to be amazing. I encourage you to come invite somebody. You can turn around, give somebody a hug. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you. For